All right, what did we just watch, Amy? We just watched the Quatermass Experiment, the 2005 recorded live for beep, not just recorded broadcast live, <laughs> the BBC Four in 2005. I think I said 2005 twice, but that's just the that's kind just of the kind of show we are in. So. Uh, we, this is our, these are our first impressions with no research, uh, and there will be spoilers, but again, we're past the, like, spoiler. Expiration uh, date. Expiration date. Um, so, Kevin, I wondered if you could start with the history of the Quatermass experiment and why you wanted to watch it. Well, so, I, I don't know a lot about it, but I know that Quatermass is, uh, a character that was created in the early 50s on a series of BBC serials, um, you know, which are shorter serialized TV shows. Mm-hmm. Um, also, like often before movies, you would get a serial um, in theaters. Uh, and that's all I really knew about it. Other than um, something I that... that brought my attention to this production was that it was filmed and and performed live on TV. The 2005. Uh, the 2005 remake. version was performed. And the reason it has any brain space in my head is because it has David Tennant in it. And specifically, the, the extra fun fact is David Tennant was on set during rehearsals when he was told he got the role of the Doctor on Doctor Who, um, which was a very exciting moment for him, obviously, and for us as Doctor Who fans. Mm-hmm. Um, David Tennant was a very good Doctor, and I liked his tenure. And so this has some cultural cachet, mostly because of David Tennant. Um, as we noted, yeah, Felicity, your cousin problems. As we noted while we were um, pulling it up on BritBox, uh, David Tennant is featured very prominently in the marketing, mm-hmm. both his face as well as like it says starring David Tennant blurb. on the blurb, um, which is funny because he is like a second tier character in it. Um, you do not see him for like first 20, 30 minutes. Um, and his... and he, the bill, the only person it said starring on the title cards was for Jason Fleming, who plays Quatermass. Yes. Who I don't know him. Uh, he was in Lockstock and Two Smoke and Barrels and Snatch. Okay, um, so Guy Ritchie Connections. Yeah, he was in League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Uh, where he played, um, I think he played Hyde, Jekyll and Hyde, in that. Yeah, so he's worked, in uh, the 2005, he was probably the, well, maybe not, maybe he didn't get starring because of his fame, but because... Because he was the, playing Quatermass. That is the main character. Yeah, <laughs> like, that's why he got starring. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm looking at the rest of his stuff, and he's not been in a lot of things that I know, um, well, which is fine. There's lots of actors out there just, just plugging along, getting jobs. Um, yeah, so the 
plot is roughly about um, they've sent up a space crew. It's yes. like a private space it's, company. It's the first private space exploration vessel in the UK run by Quatermass. Quatermass. Professor, doctor, scientist. Yeah. And it gets lost. They uh-huh. lose contact with it for over two days. Yeah, 57 hours, something like that. Yeah. And then it comes back. And then there's one of the astronauts is back, but the others are missing. And the one who's back has got all sorts of brain trubs. Yeah, weird things happen. So they're trying yeah. to piece together what's happening. What happened with the space travel. Yes. Um, and I, th- I do think it is worth mentioning, because I think that's the other interesting thing about it, was the thing that it was performed live. Mm-hmm. Um, which is not something that happens very often on TV today. It was much more common in like the early years of TV. Like all mm-hmm. of the early sitcoms were performed live. Like the 50s. Yeah, well, even pre-50s, like the 40s. 40s. Um, like early Burns and Allen was all mm-hmm. performed live. Mm-hmm. Um, all of which kind of came from radio, which was often performed live yep. as well. Um, and so that was pretty common. And uh, weirdly, that was not true of the original Quatermass series. <laughs> the original Quatermass serials were not performed live. They were recorded and then rebroadcast. Although BBC... Um, has a long history of deleting stuff for to free up tape storage. Um, and so portions of the original Quatermass experience have been lost. Yes, yes. Um, so this was live. Yes. Broadcast, performed. Yes. Live. And I didn't think that brought anything. It brought absolutely nothing, and I hated that. Um, I don't think live broadcasts bring anything in general these days, like the musicals mm-hmm. that they they do. Because I feel like the trick is the audience thinks, whoa, well, what if what if something, something goes wrong? wrong? What will they do? And then the theater person in me is like, well, that's what theater always is. Does. Always. <laughs> it's always live. Yeah. And if so, and and you know, on a professional level, things don't go wrong that often yeah. during a live well, show. Well, apparently, and this is even funnier to me, um, in the saved version, the recorded version, there in the original live version, there were a couple of flubs. You know, people talking over each other. You know, I don't know someone missing an entrance. I don't know exactly what it was. But apparently, in the DVD version, which is what I suspect is also on BBC BritBox... Uh, they replaced all the flubs with rehearsal footage. Oh. So, like, at what point does it even matter? Yeah. <laughs> that it was live. Uh, yeah, it didn't bring anything. I wondered how they were doing, like, reverse shot, reverse shots live. Yeah, I think um, just good camera angles. The way you're set up. Uh, they did, I mean, so there were a lot of locations, which I think... Is something different from like the live musicals yes. that are done kind of on. They might have a, a like, couple, of, couple sets. of sets, but it's it's contained. But this had many different locations, yeah. Although including outside locations, many locations that all looked like they were filmed in the same warehouse. Yes, <laughs> yes. I was a hundred percent believing that. Yeah, this guy just walked over from three feet away yeah. on the same set. <laughs> 
but mostly mostly it it went smoothly like scene to scene but then they had some between some scenes like the b-roll footage of a location like it was yeah, just the like stock footage london pre-recorded stock footage yeah and some of them lasted so long <laughs> and i couldn't figure out i and i thought was okay it's like the curtain coming down they're like changing sets they're trying yeah. to get something prepped but then it wasn't enough of a new place where I thought it would take the <laughs> actors that long to get there or to, yeah. that long to get it set up and I couldn't figure out why. why? Well because there. a lot of those like there was there was very little costume change, very little makeup change. Um you know there were some outdoor scenes which were interesting um that they were outdoors. But again it all felt so small and contained that like it feels like you could have structured it in such a way that, like, unless you have a character who needs to be back-to-back and scene-to-scene, you just cut to a different scene yeah. while the character moves to where they're supposed to be for the next scene. And because the, the continuity wasn't especially tight between the various scenes. Like, you were like... It, I struggled, really, to figure out, like, when anything was happening. Like, did this take place over... A day, multiple days, weeks. Mm-hmm. It was not clear mm-hmm. at all. Um, because again, we're all in we're we're in these very samey looking sound sets that did not impress me or give a lot a large sense of of time passing. Which again, the theater in me is like, yeah, you can show time passing on stage live, even though it's not. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, yes, it's three weeks later, and I can just convey that by some small changes or dialogue or lots of things that this did not have. Oh, yeah, that's basics of playwriting. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe intermediate level. Intermediate level playwriting. Passing of yeah. time in playwriting. But um, this was not well written. It was so boring. It was so boring. <laughs> I was struggling to stay awake by the end. It was very boring. Um, It was all dialogue driven. um, Almost. No, it was all dialogue driven. Like you see almost nothing happening. You see a lot of, there not a lot of, there were a few cases where someone was like, oh wow, something really amazing is happening over there. And I'm going to describe it for you because we can't show it. Right. Which again, like, would be really impressive if they showed it live and, like, had, like, live puppeteering of a monster or something. But nope, they just went with the cheapest option. Of, it's over there. It's over we there. can't see it. It's off screen. So. That spaceship that landed is glowing red hot. <laughs> yeah. Um, I And I, well, I saw, like, the spaceman. I knew it was going to happen. Maybe that's just because I... Uh, read and watched so yeah. much sci-fi. I mean it's not it's not a particularly original plot. No. The the spaceman becomes a monster and then bad things happen. And it threatens the entire Yeah, planet. it has to threaten the entire planet, otherwise uh, there's no stakes. I thought if they cut it down to an hour, mm-hmm. they added some material. Like mm-hmm. some interesting, <laughs> interesting material yeah. that pumped up the mystery and mm-hmm. kind of suspense of what's going on. Mm-hmm. It would have made a very good pilot. Yeah. 
I think for like a Quatermass TV series. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think for introducing the character and that sort of stuff. I think you're not wrong. I think that would have been an okay, you know, pilot. You know, hey, we're low budget. We got to make it work. Mm-hmm. Um, but literally it ends with like Quatermass in an empty warehouse, like just yelling, which is not interesting or exciting. He yells, no. he yells at darkness to win. Well, there's there's some sound over it, the sound of the creature. Yeah, I um, guess. <laughs> but yeah, not interesting. And by that point, you don't really care. No. Because you've been bored for an hour and a half. Yeah, I did not care about anything. Which is impressive, because like, generally these were all pretty good actors. Yes, yeah. Like, I know David Tennant can act. I've seen him do it. Yeah. And I I didn't recognize anyone else. Well, that's not true. I recognize Mark Gaddis, who played the scientist, who was... Patterson. Patterson. Um, he's done well in things before that I've seen him in. Um, it just... what They had nothing to work with. The direction was all very stagey. Um, which you, again, can do live performances and it can be done well and interesting i felt like the production was very much leaning on this is live yeah i mean i didn't i don't know of the marketing or anything i don't either of it but it seemed like it was that was like this is the interesting part is it's live and then we decided to stop making it interesting because we had the interesting (laughs) part already (laughs) which only works once, and even then, doesn't carry it. I think that I think that live musicals that we've had over the last few years are a really good example of um, just being live doesn't make it good. And those are usually good musicals they're doing, like Grease and Hairspray and Rocky Horror and Rent, and none of the live performances were any good. <laughs> Persona got real mad because the Rent live performance wasn't live. I don't know if you remember any of that. One of the Vaguely. one of the actors fell and broke oh, his foot at the last right. minute. So they did one of the dress rehearsals. So they just played the dress rehearsal, despite the audience for the live performance, because they've gotten smart enough to put an audience in front of the, the live performance, got to watch the rest of the cast, including the guy in the wheelchair with a broken foot, perform live just in a wheelchair. Which would have been way more interesting. Like, again, you're selling this live. Anything could happen. Yeah. Something did. This is what happened. Let's see it. Nope. <laughs> we didn't get that. We got, you know, dress rehearsal where they were given 80% because they were trying to save it for the live performance. Mm-hmm. But that wasn't about this show. Um, I did think it was interesting that David Tennant got to use his Scottish accent because <laughs> I've never heard his... Oh, really? Scottish accent. In, not in performance. Like in I, performance. In interviews yeah. and whatnot. Yeah. Yes, yes, I've heard it. But um, on all of the TV shows, it's I'm trying to think what else I've seen Accent. I never watched that murder mystery he was in. Broadchurch. Yeah. Um, the, oh, gosh. The Heaven and Hell one. Good Omens. Good Omens, yes. He did not use his Scottish accent in that. Uh, I don't think he did in Hamlet. So, yeah, I guess you're right. He didn't. Uh, but this was before he was David Tennant. He yes. was just a guy. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, David Tennant was certainly in this. He was. That's that's it. I did have an interesting thought. Um, that that was a question I had from the perspective of like writing this. Like, when does this take place? Is a question that was not well answered by the text is it future is it present is it past like is, is it, it is it an is it an alternate past like is it set during the same time the original equator mass was as if that were the present and we didn't have 50 years of space exploration and all that sort of stuff um because it felt like it was written in the 1950s that's what i felt too it was kind of paced yeah like a 1950s script yeah and like newspapers were very important in this thing that's true um yeah the newspaper office is so weird because they had like projections or light boxes of of so headline i was figuring i was trying to figure out what that was and here's here's how i read it i don't know if this is right but here's how i read it from like a stage design perspective um they wanted that to be like the front windows of a newspaper office, but obviously it was filmed indoors, whereas that was supposed to be a window to the outside. And so they had pasted up major news headlines yeah, over were, the windows. But they were facing inside. Like, well, yes, for the for the newspapermen to celebrate their victories. What if you paste them outside for the people walking by to They're see. not going to see them. <laughs> I, I, I'm not saying it made a lot of sense. That's just how I was reading it. So then they could throw light through them and and say, like, daylight. Although it did not look like daylight. It looked like harsh, white studio right. lighting. Uh, I mean, they also had broadcast news. There was a continuous yeah, news anchor. I suspect that was an actual, like, BBC news anchor who they brought in for that and was, like, broadcasting from the BBC desk. Which, again, makes it weird when you're thinking about the timing of like when is this taking place because that was a very modern bbc newscast hmm. but also newspapers were very important like there was a scene in a government office that was just like the desk was just covered in newspapers and all the it's different true. stories going on um that made it feel very out of time and place uh it was funny that the first line said to David Tennant when he showed up was, good to have you back, Doctor. That was funny. I wrote it down. Uh, why was there a cactus in the doctor's office? There were a lot of plants in that lab. <laughs> which was... Um, weird. I mean, and then, then that also brings up another question I had is, you know, this weird stuff happens. Wouldn't you put him in isolation? Like, uh, quarantine? <laughs> Something weird yeah, in space Yeah, like, hey, happens. our tests are showing that he's got some sort of weird cellular thing going on. Yeah. Maybe, maybe lock that down? Yeah, maybe put him in isolation and wear your little, like, hazmat suits to... No, we're just gonna run up on him and... Uh, and the other thing was they kept questioning him because, I mean... He they was, wanted like, to know what's going on. But he was clearly, like, not with it, and they just kept <laughs> questioning him. And at what point do you go, like, okay, he's not... We gotta give him some time to recover. Like, 
He's conscious, but he's not coherent. Yeah, well, if we just keep asking him the questions, maybe they will get fixed. Um, there was one shot in the whole thing that I was like, eh, that's a pretty good shot. When we were in the press conference and the lady scientist screams because she's being attacked by her boyfriend, who is the husband, who's the spaceman. And then we see everyone run from the press conference into the lab and then back. Uh, That was well shot. That gave me a nice sense of place and is the sort of thing you can almost only do in this live environment. I mean, obviously you could do it on a soundstage and just do it. But it enhanced the liveness in a way that very little else did. Um, that was the only good shot in the movie. Uh, I have a bag of bird guts. Oh, yeah. <laughs> when. <laughs> do you know what I'm talking about? I do know what you're talking about. <laughs> So, Spaceman escapes and goes on a rampage doing weird things. It's not clear what he's trying to attempt to do. Um, And eventually, off screen, he attacks some birds, I guess. And there's a bunch of dead birds. Maybe the water's poisoned. Maybe he's poisoning the water. It's unclear. We don't see any of these dead birds. We just see people talking about them and pointing at them off screen. I thought they were not only dead, but some of them were like changing. Yeah, like he was. It was. It was weird, and like this whole conversation between these two characters, uh, one of them the reporter, and then the one just a random passerby. It seems, um, and he goes like they're talking about this for five minutes, ten minutes. It's a long scene of boring things happening and people describing weirdness. And then he goes, and this is the weirdest one. And then pulls up a bag of bird guts in frame for the first time. Holding, holding the whole time. The whole time. I'm like, Wh- what? <laughs> like just this whole time he's been holding this bag of guts that we didn't decide to comment on until we, the audience, could see it. And that just made me laugh. It just made me laugh. I assume it was a bag of bird guts. It was not clear that that's what it was. It was just some weird looking stuff in a Ziploc bag. Mm-hmm. But that made me laugh. And not in a good way. No. But it, elic- it elicited an emotional reaction that wasn't patent boredom. So yeah. Yeah. that's good. Yeah. Any other comments? I think... I can forgive older TV movies and serials of being slow and badly paced. I think it is entirely possible to make not slow and badly paced TV serials in the 1950s, and there are plenty of them that exist, or movies and things like that. Um, But if you're going to adapt it to a new audience, I think you have to learn from that and not just try to replicate it exactly. Because that doesn't do anyone any good. Before we watched this, I was of of the opinion, like, I wonder why, you know, this didn't become like a regular thing. Like, if, hey, BBC Live teleplays. And then I watched it. And then I didn't, like, I didn't wonder anymore. 
I, I don't I wonder how the critical reception of it. Yeah, I mean, I at the time, I don't know. I'd be curious to find out what what they thought, if it was good or bad or what. Um, but I was underwhelmed. <laughs> Any other thoughts from you? No, no, I ran out of thoughts like a while ago. <laughs> I've just been listening to you. Thanks. Thoughts. It was uh, boring. It was boring. Do not recommend. Um... So, hope you enjoyed yeah. listening to why we didn't like it. Yeah. I like the concept of live TV. I think live scripted content is a space that can exist. It just rarely is good. Mm-hmm. Like, I know I always have in the back of my head, like, the Drew Carey live episodes, which were fun. Um, for a number of reasons, one of which was they played with the fact that they were live to do like improv scenes, mm. um, where one of the running gags was, you know, someone would say a punchline and then a bell would ring and then they'd have to come up with a new punchline on the spot. Like that's funny and interesting and you can see them struggle and it ex- matters that it's live. And then they almost always had a couple of folks from like Who's Line that would come in and play a drinking game based on the scene they just performed. Or whatever. Not a drinking game. An improv game. Sorry. I was like, oh, I was going with it. I appreciate that. An improv game like Irish Drinking Song was what I was thinking of. Um, or like the ER Live episode. I, I recall that was good. I recall that happened. I don't really remember. I don't either. Um, or the fact that like the West Wing did a live episode that was the live debate. And that was interesting. I don't know if it was good or not. I think that was in the latter seasons of uh, West Wing when it was not the juggernaut that it had been. Um, but you can't just film a thing live and and that will make it good. Yes. Very true. Yeah. There was a sitcom that did an entire season live. It was called Undateable. Interesting. And like relatively recently, like in the 2010s, they did a live episode in like the second season and it went really well and people really liked it. And so then they did the rest of the third season completely live. Mm. Um, and it was, it was set in like a bar. So mm-hmm. it was an easy one set sitcom sort of thing. But nobody remembers the show, so it's not like it was a resounding success. Didn't uh, innovate the yeah. the sitcom uh, space. Yeah. Yeah. Just being live isn't sufficient unless you're doing something interesting with that. Mm-hmm. The end. The end. Other yeah. thoughts? Uh, no. No. I wanted to see if there was any like reception on the Wikipedia page. It is no. a thing that happened. Uh, one person said, uh, despite not always succeeding dramatically, it did, however, serve as a reminder of how a clever story, a good script, and some decent acting can be just as effective as millions of pounds worth of special effects. Uh, uh, I mean, I agree with I that mean, yes, statement. Yes, but it doesn't exactly apply. It doesn't apply here. here. Yeah, no, I found it boring. Cool. 
the end. You want to tell us about the Patreon? We have a Patreon. You can support us on Patreon, and we will get money from you because you gave it to us. It is a per episode <laughs> Patreon. Thanks, Felicity, for helping out. Oh, ouch. It's playtime. It's playtime. Uh, one of the benefits of supporting us on Patreon is you get bonus audio from every single episode. Uh, from the moment the mic turns on to the moment the mic turns off. Uh, mostly which involves us talking to our cat. Uh, the other episode... Ow! The other perk you get uh, with most episodes is a list of movies we did not watch. Because I will often give Amy a list of five movies to pick from. And then she will pick one and then we will watch that one. Mm -hmm. And often movies appear on the list multiple times, so you get some idea of what we're thinking about watching for future episodes. This one's been on the list a couple of times. This one has been on the list a couple of times. This one actually switched streaming services. It was originally on Amazon Prime when I first put it on the list, and it had mm. switched to BritBox by this time. So, there. Um, and we appreciate your support. If you support us on a per-episode basis, you can put a monthly cap. So if you release too many episodes, you can say, no, that's too many episodes. I want to give you enough for, like, one episode, not 40. And that's cool, too. And even if you don't support us, we're glad you're listening. We appreciate your existence. Uh, rate us and review us on your favorite podcatcher. Tell your friends about us. I think that's all the things. I think those were the things. All right, I said all the things. You think we would have it down by now. Uh, we don't practice. We that do it live. That is so true. We do it recorded live. <laughs> Just All like... the mistakes and everything. <laughs> uh, say goodnight, Amy. Goodnight, Amy.